0: Right,
1: what is happening, Mister Joe Nolan? This is the Art Fight Podcast. Good and it's good to be back, man. Thank we you. have uh, we've been through a whole lot since we last did this. Um,
0: I don't know, what was our last?
1: Uh, what was the last one we even did? Uh, we talked to Tim Welch, and uh,
0: oh, that's right, yeah, Tim. Because we we planned to do one with just the two of us after that, and we bailed, and then never came back for a minute
1: yeah so here we are we have a new video set up we have um taken advantage of the t- we're live yeah.
0: we're streaming live yes
1: we're streaming live and we have taken advantage of all of the things so here i am right and then here you are and look at this we're inside these little televisions already. alone together yes <laughs> yeah that's right so uh <laughs> so yeah so here we are right uh A lot of uncertainty, a lot of weird times, but I mean we're here and we're healthy and everything's you know.
0: Yeah, so far so I mean,
1: it's 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 a lot to take in, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well yeah, it's been definitely been uh weird and it's been a thing of of it's been interesting seeing people adapt and change and try to, you know, you know, uh thrive and and keep uh keep their their health intact, keep their livelihoods intact, keep their creative practices intact. I mean, all the things we that you know we're all doing. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, and I have to say, i mean i was I was not shocked by the fact that the podcast took a took a uh, a hit there for a minute but i'm really happy that we're sort of uh seem right now yeah. i mean that we're like there's like an evil evil kind of a jump <laughs> yeah. you know and it's sort of like we're like now yeah. we're like in the air and i don't know how this landing is gonna go yeah. <laughs> but, but right now brian it looks really good yeah <laughs> yes. I, well I, you know
1: i think that for so. me it was like especially in the first few weeks of this you know it's like um there's just more important things going on. Let's just be honest. There's that, right? right? And then there's also uh, just the kind of survival instinct of shoring up, you know, okay, w- what is happening? What do I need to know? What What do I need to expect? Um, you know, and then immediately looking at, uh, you know, resources or just, you know, all the, we can get into all that. But, you know, there's just been a lot for a lot of creative people to sort of sure. take on. Um, and I think that in my, my feeling was in the first few weeks, at least was basically that, it's just not. I appreciate people going on in vain, like, you know, we're the newspaper kind of vibe, you know, uh, with all their content or all the stuff that they're doing or making. But I think that for me, it became something really quickly available, like known to me that I don't, like, I don't have anything to say right now. I may still not have anything to say. Uh, you right. know, it's sort of, uh, there's just, you know, but, but I, do think that um it immediately brought up an interesting creative challenge for for me which is uh because immediately everybody was like oh i'm gonna get caught up on this and i'm gonna do this project i'm gonna finish this project but immediately what i found out is nothing you're working on is relevant right now like the voicing and the direction and the audience or the tonality or the words or whatever it is don't sit in the same context anymore so it's been really interesting for me to sort of uh willfully back off of a lot of projects because I, 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 I'm waiting for the complexion of everything to kind of come around. Uh, and I feel like that anything that I would be doing otherwise would be kind of possibly wasted effort.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think for me, I've been able to be pretty active with some creative things right out of the, the gate because I realized that, you know, a few things that I had going. And, well, really, one, the, the big thing I had going was the billboard project. And that was suddenly more timely than it, than it, it was timely anyway, because it was like, it was set up to be part of National Poetry Month in April. So it's always been planned that way to be timely in that sense. But, um, but when, when, you know, uh, Nashville went into its, uh, you know, shelter at home. We're calling it safer at home here in Nashville, which I actually love that language. Um, uh, but, but once we got into that mode, and everything but essential businesses closed down and stuff, pretty much. Everything else anybody was doing, if it wasn't online, it was over and it was either delayed or canceled. You know, all the, your dance performance, it's canceled. Your movie screening, it's canceled. Your exhibition, it's canceled. You know, your performance, your live music show, it's all canceled. Yeah. Um, uh, And then uh, suddenly, like my billboard project was like totally even more relevant because it was the only cultural thing i was aware of that was happening like literally in a grocery store park.
1: Yeah, so so
0: <laughs> like so it was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, i would love to like you mentioned really quick your your billboard project. I would love for people to really right away understand what that is because it's really a, I, I can't imagine there are certain Whenever you make something, right, you you never know what the climate's going to be and how the world is going to accept it or how well it's going to hit or whatever. I, I I have a specific memory of many many moons ago uh, landing this music in an American Express commercial with Tiger Woods, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be rich. And then 9/11 happened, and everybody everybody <laughs> abandoned their ad campaigns, uh, and that was it. You know, so like I think about you know stories like that, you know, where it can go really poorly right but i think that for you in the case yeah. of this billboard project which is a, a limiting sort of term to say but this project it couldn't have been any better
0: well it's it the timing was good i like i said i i Okay, I've got this ongoing thing called the Pikes Project, which focuses on these roads in Nashville, which are called Pikes. They're they're there are some of the oldest roads in Nashville. We're talking about these some of these used to be like hunting trails. That's how old these roads are. Um, and they are uh they connect like residential neighborhoods and uh and they're really the kind of the kind of uh, roads that, like, if you live in Nashville, you're on these roads all the time. But when you see the the international visual language of Nashville, selling Nashville to the world as a country music capital and as a capital for tourist destinations and things like that, you don't see the Pikes; you see Broadway, and you see you know uh, all these you know iconic you know the iconic skyline you know, which is not on a Pike. So so the so with that in mind, this project is really sort of about. Reflecting like what I could what I would call authentic locality, and 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 within that is all of the changes Nashville is going through and all this stuff without being too specific. Yeah. Now that project started off as photo essays; it has evolved over time into exhibitions and all sorts of things. You were in the very first exhibition for that, mm-hmm. um, and it's also turned in... The, the original photo essays were published on uh, Nashville Public Radio WPLN's website, and so. It quickly became obvious to all of us that like, it's dumb for us to be doing this without using the broadcast capability to at least hype it up. And then at one point or another, we were running out of ideas with what to do with the broadcast component. And I said, well, what if I wrote spoken word pieces? And our friend Mac, who uh, is uh, at WPLN, who's been on the show before, Mac Lomba, yeah. um, is a, you know a great musician as well. And so I came up with these spoken word pieces, recorded the audio, and then Matt uh, Mac came in underneath it with cool music and stuff. We started doing this poetry component uh, on the morning broadcast. So, so the poetry thing's always been a part of the project. And when I started talking to Metro Nashville, About getting some uh, funding to do a community art project, I was encouraged not to do another. Um, sort of like you know uh, exhibition type of thing. I was encouraged to say, "Hey, we've changed the program a little bit. There's actually these more funds available and things, but you have to think of a bigger thing yeah. to do." So what I decided to do was, well, what if I did a poetry uh, display on a billboard during National Poetry Month, and then that evolved into, "Why don't we do it in this neighborhood called Madison, which is uh, sort of like the one of the areas that's sort of just coming in under the influence of." The, a massive growth wave, you know, for better and yeah. worse. So I thought that that'd be a good place to do it. And I made connections at a community center, uh, with, uh, uh, where I was able to basically promote a, uh, poetry workshop that I did with middle school kids, five, fifth to eighth grade. Um, and I went to the middle schools and met these art teachers and handed them flyers and all this stuff. It was a really crazy, there's so much that goes into this. I know people were like, you got all this money to do this project. It's like, do you have any idea like how, how much work it takes to get little kids signed up to do a workshop? and <laughs> (laughs) A poetry workshop. But anyway, but I I was able to do it. I had a dozen kids overall. We did two one-hour workshops in February. Um, while they were writing in their poetry journals, we'd keep, we keep with they. Some of them were very anxious to share. Some of them were a little shy about it. But everybody would at least let me read what they were yeah, working yeah. on. And then we would talk about various parts of it that were working really well. And everything everybody was doing that was like the thing that was kind of standing out in their writing, I shared them on a whiteboard at the front of the room with the idea also that anybody else could then take those ideas and. Use them in their own poems right so i was a, a lot of these are just devices i was using to get these kids writing so nobody could sit there and say i don't have an idea i don't know how to start you know i just kept thinking of every <laughs> dumb way I no could. excuses say, put, <laughs> no excuses put words on this page and you're here for for it's supposed to be an hour but it would end up being about 40 minutes it was about all we could really get out of these kids 40 minutes of concentrated poetry which is a lot probably when you're 13 <laughs> but yeah. uh, but um uh but anyway with all that in mind when it was all said and Done, I took all that information, the sort of distillation of the experience off this whiteboard, and basically edited it all down into like a four line poem that I felt really captured not only the actual poetic ideas and images and things like that, but also just sort of encapsulated. What I hope these kids also felt was like uh, a sense of the workshop experience, basically. So it was something that represented everybody, you know, and it was, and it really is not a poem I take credit for. Really, I just kind of edited it together, but it's really their, their ideas and their words, you know, Um, and we put it up on the billboard. A friend of mine who's a great graphic designer did the graphic design for it. Uh, I was able to hire a local uh, billboard company. So it's not even like a national outdoor advertising company. Literally all this money went right back into the local economy. And it just so happens that uh, I was at this, this really busy intersection in Madison and I chose that spot because it was a big ass sign and because it was at a spot where I knew people would have to stop because of the lights and things like that and read it. There's also two grocery stores right there, which I thought was cool because I thought, well, people will be getting in and out of their cars and they'll look up and they'll see the sign and they'll it'll get their attention. You know, Well, little did I know that the whole you know country really, the whole world really <laughs> was going to get shut down like right before before this all happened Mm -hmm. and the only places in the city where anybody would actually be would be exactly places like this. So all of a sudden it took on this whole new meaning because I had this cultural, and that's really kind of the point. Like this is this is a, this is a project that you might describe as creative placemaking, and in creative placemaking, you identify a community that's not normally associated with creative culture, right? So a bunch of little middle school kids who nobody pays any attention to, right? It's like, well, what if we go into that community and we amplify their voices? in a part of the city where, you know, even though actually Madison, Tennessee has a lot of like background country music history, a lot of big time stars lived in Madison or came from Madison. Um, but in contemporary Nashville, there's not gallery spaces and, and mute live, well, there's one live music spot. D's is pretty fun, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not a, it's not a hot spot for go-to cultural events, you know? Yeah. So that's the idea too, is that you, 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 you create a space for, creativity and you, and you activate the community that's already there to be creative in some way or yeah. another, you know? So, so this is, this ended up being like, you know, so it's, it's always, it was always meant to be what I would call a poetry ambush. Like where suddenly people who can otherwise in their lives, they can just avoid poetry and they prefer <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. but now suddenly you're just trying to get your groceries and ah, oh, damn it. Now I'm reading poetry, you know? So it was always intended to be this like bizarre thing that was happening in this, you know, strange spot, but, but it kind of became almost more of a positive thing in a way because it became something that I feel like people have responded to like, damn, yeah. this is like kind of magical in a way. And it's, it's also the kind of thing where I think when you're doing a project that's as big as this, where there's so many people and resources and places and things involved yeah. in it, I think you you got to stay clear on what you're trying to do. You have to come up with a good plan. You got to execute every part of it. But at the end of it all you don't have a whole lot of control over a lot of this stuff and you're kind of just hoping it kind of, you're just kind of hoping that, that it comes together. Yeah, Isn't that, isn't that kind I mean?
1: of how the location itself worked out for what the, where that billboard is? Cause it's basically looming over the, the main grocery store in that area. So was, was that, was that a it tr-
0: right across the street from the other grocery store in the area? Yeah, right. So it's just, it's insane just how, how that location just turned out to be, so, I mean, it was way more perfect yeah. than, cause, cause if it would have been, it was some of the other locations yeah, I had in yeah, mind, yeah. they might've been heavy traffic areas where people stop and stuff, but nowadays they wouldn't, it would not, it would have been, I would have been kind of like, oh shit, like nobody's going to really see my sign yeah. now. But instead I'm like, everybody's going to see my sign. And it was helpful too, because the, because that story became even became part of the story. So I think I've been able to get some people to write about it and pay attention to it who might not have been, it might not not of, or, otherwise because there's a lot of people right now who are like dying to write about something that's creative, but also like in real life, like you can get in your car and go see it, you know? And, yeah. yeah and that's what well, uh, I think people are a little tired of streaming and things like that. Right. But of course Here we, we thank everyone who's watched. The podcast. <laughs> but yes, yeah,
1: so, well, I, you know, I think that, um, the timing couldn't have been any better also just obviously everything shuts down people are starved for some you know and it's 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 not it's big but it's not loud you know it's looming but it's not you know it's childlike and it's made of sort of you know childlike uh sentiments you know so it's not uh it's, it's i think it just happened to be like sort of a uh a hit you know um because of obviously chance and a bunch of ridiculous circumstances, but it would have been great right. anyway. Right. So, uh, but I, I think any, yeah, but the, anything that's stronger, I, I think anything is stronger if it's born out of some sort of collective, uh, you know, sourcing, right? Like if it, if you're, if you're working with kids or if you're, uh, doing cultural, Exploration or looking around, you know, and and trying to document, or you know, there's something about uh, having an exercise that precedes the work that I've seen a lot of other people have be be really valuable to their to to their work.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's I mean, you'll you'll relate to this because to me it was it was very much like what I would do when, or what I am, what I was doing on the record I'm making before, uh, we had to quit kind of making the record because right now we're at a stage where we're all kind of like, I don't want, I don't want you to send me mixes, you know, uh, uh, to my Dropbox. I want to go mix the record with you and like, give it a few weeks and we'll get it finished, you know? But, but I think when you're, when you're producing an album, um, especially if you're actually, you know, not just using sounds and things, if you're, you know, working with musicians and other people, then I think that it's kind of the same thing where you've got to organize this whole thing. And then at the same time, you've got to be able to like let go of the individual elements and like let these people do what they do and remember that they're in the room because you put them there and you were, and, and you were right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well then get out of their way and let them do their thing, you know? And then when it, when the whole thing comes together and it's sort of greater than some of its parts, it's, it's just, I'm very grateful about it. Cause so it turned out pretty cool uh, to have that and then create, otherwise, the other things I've been able to do have been things that have come up because of the situation. You know, people have, uh, you know, a, a local guy here in town, Jason, uh, who does uh, a lot of different male art projects. He started a, a global male art project, you know, uh, about uh, just sort of like artists documenting what's going on in their day-to-day creative practice yeah. from around the world. And that was a really cool thing to be a part of. But that was that was an easy thing to be a part of because suddenly somebody else gave me the context to do something relevant, you know? Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know so uh, so what's 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 the future of that um in terms of is it is it something that's going to sort of continue in a different way is it sort of a one off relative to the metro arts or how does that work what what happens next of,
0: of, what do you say about the yeah. billboard uh, no, the billboard is just the billboard, so it's up for the rest of uh, National Poetry Month. So that's the whole, the whole. The, you know, when you see the billboard, it's got the poem, it's got the imagery, and down in the corner it says, yeah. you know, uh, Madison Community Center poets celebrate National Poetry Month, April twenty twenty. Yeah. So it's so it's it's there to highlight poetry during the one time of the year when anybody cares at all about <laughs> poetry. And so so that's what it's there for. And then it's and for me in the lar- it's just it's it's another element in the larger uh, practice of the Pikes project, yeah. you know? So now the Pikes project includes public art, you know, maybe there'll be more of that. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I really wanted to do, there's a, there's an old advertising campaign that was called for, for a, uh, a shaving cream called Burma shave. Do you know about this? No. So like, it was like in like the forties, I want to say maybe the fifties, but, but this, this shaving cream company basically would, would get, uh, spots like, uh, of land where they would put these sort of sequential, uh, uh, Advertising messages on signs. They're mm-hmm. text, right? So it'd say, like, uh, when you meet her, you know, she'll recognize you. By your Burma shave or whatever, and this might be seven signs later. You read this whole message, right? So in a way, I kind of would like. To, I really kind of wanted to do something like that, but I eventually had to come to grips with the fact that it's like you—you you just can't. You're not going to be able to work out the logistics of this unless you do it in the middle of nowhere on some country road where you find some farmer who's got like a hundred acres that you can just <laughs> put signs on. So, which, and then and maybe that would be cool too. But but uh, but I don't know. I mean, it might be fun to do something like this again you know it is I, I do sort of recognize that just the the idea of of doing this kind of thing in a lot of other locations during other aprils you know during national poetry month yeah maybe maybe i could do that again but i don't i, I don't know right now it's just it was cool to take this whole thing to the scale of a 50 foot billboard in the middle of the city you know what yeah. i mean so or in the middle of the neighborhood in the city anyway you know uh and now i don't i don't really uh it'll i'm just I'm glad it's up. I'm glad it's gotten some attention. And uh and National Poetry Month's almost over, so everybody can start ignoring <laughs> it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I think that so
1: there's a lot to talk about, I think, with respect to just uh language and poetry, uh in a lot of ways of what's going on right now. You know, I'm seeing I'm seeing how linguistics have the power to do a lot of really destructive things as much as they have the power to do pretty amazing things. Um, you know, it's been a pretty strange, uh, time for that, but, uh, you being an actual working and professional writer, um, thanks to you and your connections, uh, we are going to be guesting at the American university writing and fighting class on April 28th. I think, is that right?
0: Uh, that's, I think so. Yeah. I haven't talked to her about it since we said we would do it. So hopefully that's still on. So I just to sort of turn the, and that'll be with Nancy Kidder, former, former art fight podcast. That's right. That's (laughs) right.
1: And, uh, you know, I, have you been watching any of her classes? So basically real quick, uh, catch up everybody, uh, go listen to our episode with Nancy Kidder. She's a professor at American university. She teaches a class called writing and fighting, and she's basically weaving, um, Culture and history and politics and uh, you know any number of sort of threads through the the prism of uh, writing about martial arts or combat sports or boxing or, or what have you, and so this class has been. Uh, sort of I, I believe sort of the, the darling uh, of a lot of the combat sports community and a lot of people have been coming some of the biggest broadcasters some of the biggest names in the business and thinkers in the business uh, have been going and making appearances in her class and uh, so I feel very honored to even be uh, I think we're going to be like sort of the uh, kind of like the Bill and Ted uh it's it's going to be a little unwieldy. Um we're not going to be as polished uh, and maybe as directly relevant, but um for those who don't really understand, uh, you know, we, we cover art, we also cover fighting and we, we talk about how those things relate. Um and so that's how Nancy
0: came to be and on the that's show that's how Nancy she, came like, to her be her thing yeah. was just the perfect thing yes and she's become quite an she's become like really more than just like I mean she's be, kind of become like an ally for us she did a big uh, she did a big symposium a few months back that was really kind of according to her was like inspired by the discussion we had on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So we, I feel like we're, we're sort of like partners in crime or brothers in arms or something, brothers and sisters in arms. I suppose. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, obviously there's probably a lot of new people getting video or whatever for the first time on our whole sort of situation. But basically we've been talking about, we've been doing this for two years, uh, if not more. And we've been talking to a lot of fighters, a lot of coaches, a lot of practitioners uh in the realm of martial arts combat sports media media, a lot of people that are sort of in and around that whole uh sort of world and we've just found it endlessly fascinating uh to talk to people that are uh covering the sport or involved in the sport uh because they all have something or some wisdom or some experience or some insight you know that uh that i think has been really helpful uh in my creative practice um and I'm sure it's probably uh, been a whole uh, huge component for you, Joe, being a uh, practitioner of the martial arts for so long. But ultimately, we're also just fight fan uh, geeks. So uh, we just kind of use that to get credentials
0: wherever they'll have us. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And then if, if, you know, again, you're making a good point that there may be people who are coming to this for the first time. So in addition to talking to all these, uh, you know, fighters and coaches and, uh, martial arts specialists of one kind or another authors, media people, um, we also are regularly talking to painters and dancers and all sorts of people who are creative, uh, because like, as we found, you know, among these people in combat sports, creativity is a huge part of, of, of being successful in that world. And among, you know the people that we've met in the creative worlds being able to to stand in a struggle and not give up is a big part of it as well as we're finding with this whole crazy thing that's going on um you know it's uh it's it's not easy to be an artist or a fighter and 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 there's a lot of overlap between those two worlds that brian and i always talked about and that's really how this podcast came to happen so if you're if you this is the first episode you've seen you're in luck because we've got 87 episodes including this one's 87 okay mm-hmm. so plenty of viewing while you're uh, binging content waiting for your uh, waiting for your bartending job to read yeah
1: well and then and then also <laughs> I think an interesting array of um, sort of other kind of wild cards we've talked to a lot of really um, I hate to use the word YouTubers because it sounds really diminutive or stupid but uh, we uh, have had really good conversations with uh, regular car reviews who just put out a really great special on the Vanagon if you haven't followed regular car reviews go check them out we've also talked a lot with you know some of the luminaries and music and jazz and hip hop and a lot of different you know just whatever the, wherever something's interesting going on and there's something more to it that I, we just want to sort of get at we, we just have them on so we have this we had this great idea to have a podcast that's kind of uh the seinfeld of podcasts in terms of it's it's about nothing and everything at the same time uh but yeah. but but there is <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> right, that's right but no, uh, but i do think that there is you know like a um uh, a reason to um uh, one of the things i've always taken pride in and what we've been doing is that all of our our content is uh i'm so glad i could do air quotes now joe yeah. And people know, can yeah, see them.
0: Um I know, and I can just gesture like I yeah, always yeah, do yeah, anyway, yeah. but now now people can yeah. see the power of the, the gesture. The Joe paddle. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> get there. It's like get there, find the idea,
1: find the yeah. idea. But <laughs> but uh, but, uh oh, what the hell was I even saying? I guess I was just saying that that uh we the stuff that we've been recording for a couple of years anybody that wants to go back and listen you're not i mean we, we do talk about artists current exhibitions or you know various things that might be current if they have a, a new book out or whatever but ultimately all of the stuff that we've done is you know, evergreen it's, it's valuable and insightful, I think at any point in time for any reason. Uh, so definitely I encourage people to go back through cause, uh, it's quite an array of, of people that we've been able to, to have on this show. Uh, and I'm just, you can find them uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or you can just go to art Fight
0: podcast.com.
1: That's right. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So then otherwise, you know, uh, we should probably turn our attention a little bit to the, to the fight world since we've been kind of hinting at it. Sure. Uh, we can kind of, you know, I think, that of, I think that as we do these more video style and whatever, I think that we're going to have to sort of be a little bit more organized <laughs> uh, and maybe a slightly less tangential, but uh, in terms we've, of, we've
0: prided ourselves on no organization. Yeah.
1: It's so. carried us this far, which I'm not sure how far that is, but maybe it's like, it's like one or two
0: emails with, the guest and that's pretty much all the organization there is. That's
1: right. So so what I want to get into is is uh you know just this idea that that we are uh you know starting a new thing and maybe we we do a little bit of art and we do a little bit of fight and so uh we've covered a lot of the art and um, now we can cover some of this uh, this fight noise. Uh, So let me just start off with just saying that for those that are not interested in uh, fighting or UFC or the promotions uh, in mixed martial arts or boxing or whatever, um, you should be be because you're really (laughs) missing out. But I think that what you really miss out on more than anything is just the absurd microcosm uh, subculture that is the uh, MMA world, MMA Twitter, whatever you want to call it. These are... Whatever the problems are and the cognitive dissonance that we're experiencing from the top levels all the way through right now or whatever you want to say about it, MMA, the MMA community is such a, a, a more compressed, awful version of whatever all that is. And it's great. It is a lot of fun uh, to follow and to understand all the, the, the nuance of, of what's happening. But one of the things that I've been really impressed with uh, is how the media, MMA media specifically has uh, not shied away, I think, from speaking their uh, opinions about this and taking a lot of flack for it for whatever reason uh, people think that MMA media want – uh fighters to not make money or not win fights or not compete or not be on the planet or whatever but in reality uh everybody just wants everybody to be safe and to do it the right way uh but the ufc has been pushing uh to have events all through this and with a sort of uh reckless abandon uh and you know there's a it's a it's one of those weird things where it's like you have to be a little crazy to make a promotion like that grow to that, to that level four $4 billion industry. Um, But at the same time, the, whatever the mental problem is that you, uh, (laughs) the mental gifts that you have are also sort of a challenge. I think when it comes to like, Mm -hmm. you're met with actual impossibility. and, And I think that I've known CEOs like this. I'm talking about Dana White, you know, but I've met corporate CEOs like this where it's like they they will just stop at nothing and that's just kind of part of their DNA. And so it really does help them grow a company, but it also can be a real uh, problem when it comes to a rarefied situation like what we've been in. So it's been really interesting to sort of see uh, the UFC trying to plot ahead, the media trying to sort of uh, take note of what's going on, and then you know sort of things falling by the wayside uh, through that whole process. While everybody's worried about you know when is baseball or football or whatever going to come back, that stuff's going to that stuff's (laughs) going to be a long way away. But coming up next will be fights, and so uh, obviously we're we're happy about that, but also mortified by that. Uh, What what's been your your thinking and your experience through all of this last few weeks, Joe?
0: I you know most of it most of it I have felt like. (laughs) This is like just so – well, here's – people need to understand that we were all looking forward to – Arguably the greatest combat sports event of my lifetime, which was going to be a fight for the uh, lightweight title between uh, Khabib, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, which is a fight that everybody who's a fan of mixed martial arts has been dying to see. Um, Khabib is this long-reigning, seemingly impossible to beat champion. Tony Ferguson seems like he's just crazy enough to beat him. <laughs> yeah. So it was, and he also seems inexhaustible in some way, which is sort of part of how this great champion beats everybody is he's inexhaustible and he just wears everybody down. And it just seems like maybe Tony's the guy who can who can somehow sneak around that in some weird way. They're, 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 it's a real kind of oil and water matchup in a way, although uh, there's enough overlap there that it almost looks like maybe Tony has the tricks to sort of beat this guy at his own game somehow. Anyway, so, so it's it's very intriguing and everybody's been dying to see it. Um, but in the meantime, Mr. Nurmagomedov is stuck in Russia and can't leave because he's locked down in in uh, in his uh, in his uh country, like everybody else is pretty much. and uh so so when the UFC decides to recklessly roll forward, they're trying to make Tony Ferguson have a fight with this other guy. Now, under normal circumstances, this is a this is like, this is a crazy on fire matchup that I would love to see. I would love to see Tony Ferguson fight Justin Gaethje because they're both kind of uh go for broke, uh, almost indestructible fighters who also don't really take a step backwards kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it would be a, a Royal uh, combustible matchup to see those guys fight. But, I personally have no interest in seeing Tony fight anybody ever until he fights Khabib Nurmagomedov for this long-awaited bout. Also, too, I should remind people that this is a fight that's been made like five times now. And every time something happens and they're not able to meet each other and fight. So it's it's, I, I just feel like a lot of us are like, whatever you got to do. I want to see those two fight, and I don't want to see those two fight anyone else until they fight each other. I don't want to see Tony fight Justin because I don't want to see Tony get hurt and have to wait, or, you know, around and, and create more time before he can fight Habib. Mm. I don't want to see Tony get beaten. Tony's on a huge long run of victories, but if he gets beaten, suddenly he'll lose his place in line. Yeah. I don't want any of yeah. that, you know. And so, with that in mind, it's like I I just do not feel like. Just getting another fight, no matter what, come hell or high water, <laughs> I, I can get down with that to some degree. Yeah. But just give me, a, give me, a, uh, give me Justin versus Michael Johnson. <laughs> it feels <laughs> you know
1: know that phenom- like that whole Like it feels like that whole thing where, like, when you go to the store and you have your your mindset, like I'm going to the store to buy this thing, and I really want slash need this thing, and then you go and they don't have it, and then you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole with like the next available, not quite as viable not quite serving your purpose kind of thing. But, no, but you totally just, but like you need the transactional high or like
0: whatever it is. So it's uh no, you're a hundred percent right. That's exactly what it feels yeah. like. And in the meantime, now here, now here's the thing. So all of that, it's, it seems insanely hubristic. It seems insanely reckless. And it, it, It. to me, it really shows the, you know, there's always these questions of when every time we hear like the amount of money that's being made, but how much the fighters yeah. are actually making, it really calls into question, how much does the organization even care about these people at all? And it, to me, it lo- it's a real bad look during this whole thing when it's like, we understand the entire world is locked down because of a global pandemic, but we're still going to find a way to put these guys in harm's way so they can fight. You know what I mean? So we can make Disney happy. This is the parent company yeah. of this, company of this company of this company. You know, yeah. and it's like all of that seems really fucked up. Now, the one thing that at this point, the one thing that actually gives me a kind of a sense of joy and a little bit of sense of like magic is the fact that because of the situation uh Dana White keeps evoking the idea of this fight island that he (laughs) has where he's going to put his fights on (laughs) on some isolated piece of land in the middle of nowhere where the plague is not at and everybody's going to be tested and all this stuff. And for anybody who's a fan of martial arts and Bruce Lee, you know that this is literally this is literally the plot of Enter the Dragon, where an evil, evil warlord is putting on a tournament on his private island. Right. So it's. It's it's so insane and absurd that it, I have to admit it's it's sort of it's sort of pricked my imagination a little yeah. bit, and I'm kind of anxious to find out is is Fight it real and for yeah. real, and if it is, I mean, unfortunately, if it is, you know. I would rather see another promotion do it probably cause it would be cooler in terms of like, let these guys wear what they want. Let these guys act how they choose. Yeah. Like Dick, you could put on a show and a half on your fucking fight Island, but, <laughs> but I, I, it still remains to be seen whether fight Island even exists because he hasn't actually told anybody where is this fight yeah. Island? What is this my fight first thought Island?
1: too? When I, when I, you know, as as, le- as belabored as the whole sort of Ultimate Fighter thing has been for more than a decade, belabored now, uh, and nobody cares. I, I don't think anybody cares about it. Uh, but it was so pivotal to to launching where we are, you know, now in the sport. Sure. So, yeah. so I think um, when I when I first caught wind of the Fight Island thing, I was like, oh my god, they just that's gold. Like that is going to be their next sort of reality show uh, format or, you
0: know, whatever. That makes more sense to me. Do like a reality show and and just get like an all-star cast. Maybe Mm. don't even bring it. Don't even bring in like new guys who want to contract. Just do like anybody, but BJ Penn, anybody, but BJ Penn (laughs) (laughs) BJ, BJ should take it. BJ is a probably make a good commentator. So like, let's, let's (laughs) let him talk a little bit and see how that goes. But, but I just feel like, you know, Just, I mean, what I'm getting at is like put together a killer fight card, but like you say, maybe that turns into a, you know, two months of reality television that's you know, that's, that's quick, that's churning and burning. And you're basically yeah. seeing them do this stuff. Like they shoot this stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then all of a sudden it's live streaming by, uh, Friday on fight pass or whatever. They've edited out. That would be rad. right. And then, it all, and then it all culminates in a, in a fight. You know what yeah, I mean? That would be yeah. cool.
1: It gives them time to edit, edit out like see. all the horrific stuff where they couldn't take somebody to a hospital that doesn't exist or, you know, all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can exactly. cut all that stuff out. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the the horrendous cuts that somebody gets, and it's like, sorry, but there's no place to get stitches because the doctors aren't available because everybody who, because all they're doing is dealing with the the COVID or whatever. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. I, I just feel like I, I, it's to me, it's it just. I think it would be ultimately. I think it would be better to put Habib and, and Ferguson on ice until they can do this for real. Yeah. Don't even think about doing anything with those two guys. Sorry, dudes, uh, the world shut down and we you're just gonna have to wait. So, but we're going to wait then we're going to do it. And then the other side of the coin is, hey, what if you just cut checks for everybody on the roster and and just use the opportunity to show goodwill to your fighters and get that sort of public sort of, you know. Make it the biggest fucking virtue signal you possibly can. <laughs> right. Just the most stupid gesture in the world. Kind I mean, of like the 1200 like bucks we got or whatever. Right? Yeah. Kind of uh, like. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you would have to give them that much money. It wouldn't even be that much money yeah. in terms of what we're actually talking yeah. about. But if you did that, it would buy you. I mean, there seems, it seems like there's strategies that can happen here that could be very conducive. But I don't also know the math behind the scenes of like, uh, from what I understand, part of the deal here is like, If this UFC could deliver a certain amount of fights within the calendar year, then there's, you know, there's all this money on the table. Uh, And so I think that's what it's all about is he's just, just trying to just not stop driving forward. So at the earliest possible moment, we can get another fight in, another fight in, another fight in. Um, So that's, I mean, it's, and also too, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the calendar because, we we're we're used to basically there being at least one fight event like every weekend if not multiple fight events you know across different things like boxing and other yeah. mma platforms and all this kind of stuff and so it's and this has been like this crazy break that we've had where there's just no fighting going on so it's like when we come back is the ufc going to be doing like two a days or something? Uh, yeah like what's gonna and,
1: happen and we'll we'll we will we will uh we'll love it all bring us the thinnest cards ever it's fine
0: but uh yeah we may get them yeah it's, it's <laughs>
1: Like uh, was that old, that old Eddie Murphy bit where he's like, if you're starving and somebody throws you a
0: cracker, you're like, God, was that Ritz?
1: That's the best cracker I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's just that kind of thing. But well, yeah. you know, and then uh, for those who don't also know uh, a lot about sort of martial arts or combat sports, or whatever, one of the worst and hardest and most controversial things that a fighter has to go through is cutting weight and uh you know it lowers your immunity it's it makes you subject to a lot of you know you're cutting uh, a lot of mass uh, a lot of water uh yeah. you're you and putting your 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 mind and your soul really through it and i've never cut weight and i do, i will never cut weight and i i <laughs> Good so idea. glad that I didn't listen to the people. I mean, of course, I should have wrestled when I was in high school because I was really small. Uh, and people wanted me to wrestle because they didn't have anybody for that class. Uh, mm-hmm. And I probably should have done it, but I didn't. Uh, if, for, for people to cut this weight is brutal. Uh, so as you were talking about, right, like with Tony Ferguson and, and a Khabib fight being canceled, uh, what does Tony go do, Right he cuts weight anyway yeah. on the day that the fight would yeah. have been and shares all this yeah. out over social media and I'm just like i'm trying to think of like if you don't even if you don't even if you can't really stomach too much like fighting right still go look at what tony ferguson who he is and what he can do go find a tony ferguson highlight film reel or on youtube or whatever because he's he's kind of like I don't know, like the sun raw of martial <laughs> arts or something of combat sports. Like he's he is simultaneously kind of uh, you know sort of you know maybe m- mentally has some some legit actual issues and and conditions right. Um, at the same time, he's in this state all the time of uh, just wildness, right? And so he his style and what he does is so absolutely outlandish and inhuman in terms of the pace and just what he does so for him to be fighting Khabib that's what we all wanted because Khabib is the the wrestler the sort of the you know the the perfect sort of uh I can't say antibody um but you know like (laughs) but you know so it's like this thing where it's like ah that would have been the perfect it's, it's it's like, man, you know, like somebody saw Miles Davis open up for The Grateful Dead. Like that happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about these unearthly sort of pairings of, of, of things, this is the one. And like you said, canceled five times uh, for various reasons that are ridiculous, some of them. Uh, so here we are. So anyway, I would recommend go, go check out Tony Ferguson if, if you're not up on Tony Ferguson. And, you know, yeah. like- I think that actually in a weird way right now is a good time for, you know, I was thinking about like when I came into sort of watching mixed martial arts, like you, what was the first fight that you saw that you were like, oh shit, like this is really interesting.
0: Um, well I, I like you mentioned earlier the um, ultimate fighter TV show and so I saw that first season of that which which there's a fight on every week like every every episode has a fight and then at the end of it they actually have a big event and and the uh, at that point it was actually uh, two heavyweights fought and that was a crazy war between these two guys um, but like so that that first season for me was really my introduction to like how mixed martial arts was gonna work you know what I mean um, and all those fights like people like Diego Sanchez and all these people were on that season. So it was, that was a great introduction for me, like seeing that stuff. Um, uh, and then later, I I mean, I kind of fell out with, with mixed martial arts, like after my initial interest from that stuff. um, Because at that time, the UFC was all these heavier weight fighters. And honestly, a lot of the fights got really boring really fast because these guys would have, you know, maybe really active first round, but then they'd start to get tired and it would get boring. Part of it too, was that I didn't understand that much about jujitsu and stuff. So a lot of it was, uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on that, that, really took educating to understand yeah. like the nuances yeah. and the fascination with that kind of stuff. So I sort of bailed on it for a while. And then I started watching the WEC, which was a promotion that actually specialized in smaller fighters. And they didn't have any of those problems. They had incredibly exciting fights all the time. So that's when I started seeing guys like Uriah Faber and Dominic Cruz and, uh, um, uh, uh, uh what was his name? Uh, Miguel Angel Torres. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, Scott Brown and all these guys, like so, you started seeing these smaller fighters who were incredibly dynamic and who really started to be the kind of fighters who embody the kind of stuff that we're talking about when we're talking about creative fighting. You yeah. know? Um But Tony Ferguson to me is another example of a guy. I mean, Khabib in his own ways as well. But but Tony is really the embodiment of yeah. like. Well, how, what do you mean, cre- what do you mean combat sports are creative? It's like, watch Tony because, and I think your jazz references and even your Grateful Dead references right on the money <laughs> because of the fact that it's like so much of what he does seems uh, improvisational. You know what yeah. I mean? So much of what he does seems like this guy trains his ass off. He gets incredible shape. He has incredible array of skills, but the thing that makes it most exciting is that his engine never seems to stop. So he just yeah, goes yeah. and goes and goes, which is incredible. And the direction he's going at any given moment, it's I don't think he even understands what he's yeah. doing. Anything could happen. And in his own brain, I think anything might happen. It's not like he makes it look like that. He's literally in that space, just making it up, yeah. you know, and it's it's incredible. It's so exciting and it's so I mean there's something just wonderful about watching that guy fight because it is so beautiful in that it with because it's like overflowing with ideas and and energy and it's it's incredible man he's he's just he's really something else I mean if we had to pick a fighter that embodies what we're talking about in this podcast I would say it's him probably Yeah well I
1: think also it's uh it's a testament to just sort of the spirit of play and uh using play right to to, uh, expand your form or to find new ways to react to whatever it is you're doing, whether you're writing or whether you're painting or, or whatever. And I think that, um, he's a person that is perfectly, I mean, people mock him, right? His, his workout videos and, you know, all that, because it's, it is almost like comical, but like, who's really laughing? I mean, he's, he's probably, you know, we'll find out, right. But it's, it's it's right there, you know? So, uh,
0: Look up, look up Tony Ferguson workout on YouTube and watch some of these workout videos. Cause if you want to, cause really you make a good point. Like really ultimately what's getting worked out in those videos is like his sense of play and his imagination um, uh, and his just, you know, just trying to figure out like, what's the weirdest way I could possibly move through space. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that he's, um,
1: we had a, we had an author on our show year about a year ago uh janet o'shea who wrote a book that i think was also a very much uh in the martial arts uh realm and creative realm about about this exact notion and i think he's just a perfect embodiment of of that it's really easy especially as you get older to be formed in your patterns and your thinking and and uh man it's it scrambles my brain just to watch tony ferguson do anything uh so uh i feel like he's kind of doing it for all of us uh but uh, but yeah. So um, so yeah. So I'm glad we talked about that. Is there uh, anything else that we feel like in our introductory video episode that we feel like we need to cover? Do, do, you know, uh, I feel like I, I kind of went um, a little clandestine on the live streams because I just wanted to make sure that everything was kind of working. But we'll we'll break this out more. Uh, but hopefully people are appreciating it. What, what are
0: you it. talking about? Do you have it like, you have it like posted to private or something? Just your friends can see it. It's or just what?
1: on uh, my personal Twitter, my personal YouTube oh, right. channel, my personal yeah, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll break all this stuff out depending on the channels we choose to kind of uh, occupy yeah. or, or, or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so, but this is a big thing, right? Like uh, the, the amount of, by the way, shout out to all the people that have been trying to figure out video, anything and everything, right? This has been a big, uh thing right now uh necessity for business and for a lot of people to stay in touch and and it's been i mean i'm trying to think of any other point in time where such a uh an impetus was put on everyone collectively at the same time to have to learn uh how to do something and how to set something up, how to get comfortable doing it, whatever, really fast. Uh, And I'll admit that like, I I don't, I don't love uh, being on camera. You can probably tell. Um, And then, uh, but, but we're just in a different time now. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like in a weird way, the only way you can kind of, exist beyond your your four walls you know so um it's nice to have the validation and experience uh with other people um i've been working on a lot of uh as a consultant for some various art projects uh and having to work with a lot of different uh artists that are needing to get work that was already sort of halfway maybe done uh or whatever how do you modulate these projects to then sort of get to uh this kind of new media sort of uh you know uh, bellwether period that we're in now with all of that so uh i took it upon myself to do kind of what i hate put myself on camera get all this stuff hooked up uh you can see all my goofy split screens and everything i hope you're proud of that um <clears throat> i had so much fun putting this together because it was just a way to learn uh and and yeah. it's been it's been really cool to to put it all together and to have it you know apparently working uh and mm-hmm.
0: we'll see how that goes well, i'm just excited I'm excited about it because I mean I I felt like I felt like you know it was a it was I missed being able to do this once a week and um and I felt like you know on you know on some level it was like now is the time when suddenly anyone we could want is probably available because <laughs> yeah. everybody's sitting up you know that's I right mean? I know where you um, live and. and Yeah. And so I feel like, I felt like, you know, Hey, this is a golden opportunity to maybe get some guests on here that we haven't had before, but I am, I, but I'm ultimately really happy because I feel like even if it took a few weeks coming back at a point where now we've got audio and video and we've got your cool templates and all that stuff going on <laughs> yeah. and this new black and white look and all this yeah. and that we're like streaming live again, knocking on wood here. I got a little wooden box. This is also <laughs> I have a wooden box. My computer's <laughs> sitting on, we're still, it's still a little primitive y'all. <laughs> but, uh, but I feel like, I feel like, you know, if, if we've, if we, you know, took a few weeks off and now we're coming back with like what seems to be a pretty massive upgrade, then it's obviously time well spent. And I appreciate you, uh, you know, sort of pivoting into making that happen?
1: Yeah, it's been, uh, I will say that it's been really hard to get it all to happen, but the first three days that I really put into just hammering all this stuff out, um, I was actually, trying to do something a little bit sort of like beyond the capacity of the tools that I had. And I was trying to do some runarounds uh, and kind of got into trouble, but I learned so much in the three days that I spent pulling my hair out. Uh, It was fantastic. Uh, And then when I finally got all the right things, everything was just bam, right together. And it's cool that this works. I'm going to be able to use this for, you know, a lot of, a lot of projects and a lot of work. So uh, it's cool. And I'm glad we get to share it with everybody that's watching. And, and, uh, and uh you know i'm i'm just I'm glad we didn't try to force the the issue with uh staying on our weekly cadence. Uh, but I do mm-hmm. want people to know that, that we're back and we're going to have guests and we're going to be doing all the things. And uh, this is right. sort of a glorified test in a lot of ways. I've got some stuff i got to still sort out, but, but, uh, but I'm really glad that everybody has been uh, on the streams and we'll have an audio version that goes into our normal places. Um, and I just want to go ahead and make, make sure everybody knows that you can go to artfightpodcast.com and you can get merch, you can get... Uh, look, I can actually show things right like you can get this it's
0: a rad it's a rad little cup yeah
1: (laughs) so you can get a a coffee mug you can get t-shirts you can get all that kind of stuff and then um, also please go back and look at our past library and kind of get familiar if you're if you're not already because there's just so much there and uh, you know some of the coolest things that I've heard in the whole time we've been doing this is you know when people say you know like I heard you talk with that au- you guys talked with that author I immediately went and bought their book uh, and it changed my life or you know whatever just being able to connect different uh, people with different uh, uh, sort of perspectives and roles and uh, you know it's just been a really cool experience so far so go back and check out our our library of of uh god yeah 80 something episodes and some of them are quite long so you can take your time through the quarantine and getting through those uh (laughs) and then otherwise um you know just stay tuned uh follow us on twitter at uh art fight podcast and uh i think that that's pretty much it as far as the housekeeping stuff is there anything um that you know any any gallery shows coming up joe (laughs)
0: <laughs> New no gallery shows coming up. I've, I've got, uh, what is, is there any, there's, there's something happening. I can't remember. I don't think so. There's no, I mean, there's no, I, this is, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, gonna, uh, go, probably go see my billboard one more time before it comes down. And that'll probably be the end of, uh, in real life stuff for me for a minute here. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't really know what else is happening. I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to try to work on some recording. I've got a, been talking to my nephew about some stuff and, uh, I'm going to maybe try to work on something else. I can't, like I said, I, I've got another project that I was trying to finish, but I, that's really going to have to just wait to be finished after we can all get back together, uh, in the studio again. So I'm going to try to do some stuff here at home in the meantime. Um, but but that's, I, you know, some people may know this, but I, I recently just, I moved right before this all happened. So <laughs> I was, you know, I was basically spent a month moving out of my old place and moving Timing is uh, everything. Uh, out, of, out of some storage and yeah. stuff. And then we sort of got everything you know situated we had one big project we wanted to paint our kitchen cupboards uh, before we really got moved before we you know actually were able to kind of settle in mm-hmm. a minute we got that done looks amazing kind of got everything settled and we're like sort of furnished and kind of making things like we really just started to feel like okay we're here now and then it was like okay now you can yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so with that in mind I'm still trying to get my actual like recording situation here all like kind of set up yeah. and and of course I've just had to hit the brakes on like lots of stuff. I was just, I was literally going to take my guitar in like, like three days before it it was like, my wife and I were like, okay, we're not going anywhere now. We're staying home. This is like the beginning of us not leaving. And like two, three days later, I just been on the phone to a friend of mine and I was going to take my guitar down to, down to Gruen uh, guitars, which is like this, you know, legendary guitar spot in Nashville. Cause my, my, your, your acoustic guitars need like they need, they need tender loving care every few, every so many years and mine's overdue for it. So I was going to take it in and get it all fixed up and set up and just perfect. Yeah. And I had to just, I had to uh, settle for, I'm going to wipe it down and put some new strings. <laughs> <Yeah. on it. laughs> well, you know, uh, so. but I think it's a good time to, I've been,
1: you know, fixing old broken gear or assessing things that I kind of just had left alone for a while. It's been a really good time to sort of just uh, churn everything and, and also get a pretty good sense of like what's worth doing right now and what feels good to do and what right. doesn't and not, and having just this kind of permission, uh, across the board to just kind of, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. And, you know, I mean, yeah. and this is all the luxury that we get to get, and this is where I would really want to wrap up, you know, but, uh, you know, like my, my brother is a, a nurse out in the field right now doing his thing. He sent me a picture today and it was just like, man, oh, wow. you know, so he's in North Carolina doing that he in, he, in North Carolina. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I think about that and other friends I have that are nurses, I'm very appreciative of what you guys are doing. And, uh, I'm so glad that, uh, I'm fortunate enough and that we are fortunate enough to, you know, be like, "Hey, I'm gonna make a cool live stream setup or whatever." You know, like right. uh, how yeah, yeah, yeah. how lucky. So hopefully, we can do something uh, more with the platform as we kind of keep building it in this new sort of video uh, idiom here. But uh, but anyway, so I think that that pretty much uh, wraps it up. Uh, anything else for you, Joe?
0: Um, uh, you can follow me at mighty Joe Nolan on Twitter. You can follow me at mighty Joe Nolan on Instagram. And that's where I basically do all my updates and Brian, you're on those platforms as well. Um, uh, do you want to tell, you want to tell him where you are? I'm right right here.
1: Uh, I'm at those drones. Uh, pretty much everywhere. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, you know, I've been updating a lot of, uh, you know, photography portfolio work and various things. I, a lot of people are looking to do more, you know, interior design projects because they're inside and they're like, oh my God, I got to change this up. So it's actually, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for for artists and creatives. Uh, but right now, just uh survive take care of people do what you gotta do uh and and take solace where you can uh so until next week and i'm not sure who our guest is next week but you'll know so just find us follow us whatever and uh all right, i think that's it we're out
0: Okay guys, I love the Art Fight Podcast and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help?
1: Go to anchor.fm forward slash Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone